The Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast's Final Four Watch Party, April the 1st at 7.30pm. SGP will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles. So come hang out with the crew. All the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Ice House. Welcome, everybody to the Premier League Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, the northeast of England. Today is Sunday, March the 19th, and we are here to have a look at the Premier League weekend, which finished this afternoon, um, and it's international break, so we've got a chance to take a little breather, um, take some air in, and we can have a look at a few different markets. So we've got some... Uh, Outrights on the Prem, Prem relegation. Um, we've got some Euro 2024 qualifying, which starts this week. Uh, big game England against Italy, as well as some group betting. Baz has looked at the Champions League, drawn some outrights there, and some League One picks. Uh, joining us uh, and putting £1 in the late pot for the first time in a few weeks, it's Mr Barry Penaluna. Barry, what? don't shake your head at me. Get your, get your purse out. Get your purse out. Get your pound in. What? Bang on, 10 o'clock, bang on time. It'll all become, I was I was a little down to the wire, but it'll all become clear in a little bit. But you yeah, you crack on. I'll let you know why I was late. It was uh, it was one minute past on my phone. It was one minute past on the laptop. It was two minutes past on the microwave, Barry. So if we're going on microwave time, yeah, so I'm being lenient, if anything. Some things are more important now. Okay, oh shit, it sounds like sounds like it might be a story here. Um I'll tell you what is important, Baz. It's our uh, it's our fiftieth show tonight. It what is. a time to be alive. Fifty shows that said it couldn't be done. How are you celebrating? Well, this is me quite well. So it's, I mean it's a veritable uh, it's a it's a proper party it's party time here, Baz. I've got I've got this small dish with skittles in it, look. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and they're not just normal skittles, they're the great big fat ones as well. All right, so all right. I've got that. You can, if you can hear that, a big little, and Baz, I've got a uh, thing of squirty cream. So <laughs> party time all round, really. What's not to like about any of that? There's two reasons. A, who doesn't love squirty cream? And also, um, Americans love the fact that we call that squirty cream. It absolutely blows their mind. So it's a, it's a double whammy with a squirty cream. So I'll have the odd mouthful of that as we go on. Um, what are they calling? What's, what? Just whipped cream, I think. Whipped cream. They've got no imagination, have they, between them? Like, it's not whipped cream, is it? That's a different thing. Don't tell me. You tell them. I'm, I'm, I'm having a party as well. I've, what's in what it? you got? I've got my Newcastle mug here. What's in it? Yeah. What's in it? Um, it's a Roman ginger. Nah, you're wrong. Like, if you're not even close. I mean, what goes in a cup? What could go in a cup? Cup of tea. There's only one thing. That could go in a cup to celebrate. It? It's an egg, Baz, it's an egg. <laughs> it's an egg. Shit, I don't know what I was thinking. Let's have a look. It's an egg. Oh, my cup. God. Oh, I'm Great. Talk us through the process. Then I'm boiling this. Yeah. To, to, to sort a slightly runny inside. Right. Um, I've toasted a slice of sourdough bread. Yeah. What did it? Cube toasted it. Was that the rule? Yeah, but there's no rules. You you can no rules. There's lots wow. of different recipes for egg in a cup. Uh, so I haven't tried it yet. So I've cubed up some toasted sourdough, <laughs> buttered it, <laughs> butter on, cubed it up, and I've sort of layered it, mashed the egg in, few yeah. bits of bread, mashed some egg, few bits of bread, mashed it, salt and pepper through each layer, and I'm going to get yeah. in it. So. So when are, we, when are we doing it now? What's the situation? I'm, not, I'm getting straight in. I'll well, tell you what then. This is great, uh, great radio. You have that. I'll have a mouthful of squirty cream and we'll uh, we'll let the people know what's happening. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I just gobbed it everywhere, Baz. For That's your fault. For anyone who's not watching on YouTube, Malcolm's just fucking oh, squirty cream fucking. all over his camera and everything. You, oh, and I'll, 
licking it off his keyboard. No, that couldn't have gone any worse, Baz. I'll be honest. That was your fault for making it off. How's the um, how's the egg in the cup? The egg in the cup's good. Yeah, that's all right. Actually, I thought it would be a bit dry, <laughs> but um, the butter's helped. Uh, yeah, you know, good bit of bread. I haven't toasted it too much. I think if you toast it a bit too much, it may go a bit crunchy. You know. Oh Once shit! I've literally got cream there. everywhere here. <laughs> it's honestly, it's absolutely oh, all it's over the place. It's, it's raw. It's all over the screen and all sorts. Yeah. What a nightmare! It's oh, a disaster! Then it's a party. Like who cares? Uh, this is award, award, award-winning audio. This buzz for all the. Uh, for all the people at home listening. Do you, think, do you think we've got anyone who's listened to all 50 episodes? That fella in Nepal has, I think. Aye, how on Nepal, the, the bloke up the Himalaya. The bloke up the Himalaya has listened to all... He's sitting yeah. there, he's probably got egg in a cup. Yeah, and he'll have squirty cream. Do, do you think they've got squirty cream in Nepal? Probably call it someone else. <laughs> they probably call it something else. Um... Also, Baz, and we've got more lifestyle stuff here to discuss. Uh, it's Mother's Day today, um, yes. so happy Mother's Day! I know there's quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of mothers listen to our show, thousands and thousands. So happy Mother's Day to all you people. Uh, my question to you is, Baz: A, what did you get, Mrs. Penaluna? And B, what did you get for your wife from the children, or are the children old enough out to wear? I'm really enjoying watching you just fire into that egg in a cup, by the way, as well. Right. It's very I'm it's very cathartic watching you. I'm genuinely impressed. Because it could just be <laughs> you could just have boiled egg on toast. You could. It's a bit messy, doesn't it? You pick your toast up and the egg's falling off the sides. And it's quite well contained in a cup. And because the bread's cubed, you just get a little bit of egg, a little bit of bread. And it's good. It's all good. I'm, 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 I'm all right with that, like. Well done. Um, so, to anyone listening who hasn't yet tried egg in a cup, it's all right. <laughs> egg in a cup. Go on, you tell us about Mother's Day. I'm going to have a big skittle um, out the celebration. So, yeah, uh, very unoriginal. Both Mrs. Penaluna and the kid's mother both got exactly the same present for Mother's Day. <laughs> they both got a, a, a voucher for afternoon tea. Um, up at the place called The Running Fox, up in uh, Felton, Northumberland. They do a cracking afternoon tea up there, um, and we've not been for a while. So, to be fair, it means I get to go for a nice afternoon tea. And it's not one of your fancy little delicate afternoon teas, is it? They do like a oh, right. big sandwich with whatever you want on it, ham and peas pudding or sausage and chutney. And, and then you get a big slice of pie or quiche, cake, cheese scone, fruit scone. And nice. it, it's a good... It's a proper hearty uh, afternoon tea. So, yeah, both of them got that. Take them up there in a couple of weeks when I'm back in Newcastle. I tell you what, the show's gone uh, very... I know Sean and Ryan, that's just to do a British show, but um, afternoon tea's a very, a very British thing. On top of the squirty cream bars, we've, uh, we've britted this right up tonight. Those vouchers, for they're a bit of a cut-out, aren't they, for, for the ladies' yeah. gifts, but... Um, they're, they're very, very, very convenient. If you hit Groupon or something, uh, you get an afternoon tea or something. There's, uh, they will be the only women up and down the country who've received that well, uh, today. What, no, I think, uh, what, what else what, are you going to do at six o'clock on a Saturday night and you've bought nothing? Oh, is that what you see? What can you do but go online, buy a voucher that you can print off and stick in a card and Bob's your uncle in it? So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I took advantage of uh, the teachers were on strike two days last week, so that meant Betty was off. Um, so I took Bet- me and Betty went up the Metro Centre and I just gave Betty some money and she went and did the business. Like, um, so it kills two birds with one stone because we got some we got some daddy daughter time, and then she also thinks she's being helpful in um, in purchase and things. So I think I got away with it. I went to see my mother. I've been a bit rough today, but alcohol was taken last night. Um, Went to the quiz, went to Sam So's footy quiz um, at the Central Bar in Gateshead. It was lots of fun. I don't think we did very well. We won a tenner, but I don't really know how. I wasn't really concentrating. I think we got like a booby prize for finishing ninth or something. Um, but it was good fun. At, uh, if you're in the locality, um, the Central Bar hosts this footy quiz every now and again. Um, yeah, enjoyed that a lot. But yeah, I think I had one too many boozes. Uh, so I've been rough today. I got up at about 12 o'clock, went back to bed at one o'clock, got up again at three o'clock, went down and visited me mother. 
Uh, and then I've chilled out and just um, caught up on the football and, and prepped for this evening, etc. So, yeah, it's been a good weekend. And I'll tell you what's made it a good weekend, Baz, is to get to the first, um, first part of our review. Because this is part lifestyle and part... Uh, Premier League review it was Nottingham Forest on Newcastle 2 on Friday because you were there yeah. and you got a last minute winner in front of the Newcastle fans yeah um, I mean just talk us through it how, how was it how did uh, how much did Chloe enjoy it I've been to a lot of Newcastle away games over the years and in terms of famous away victories that I've witnessed over the years it's very very limited um, and I'd say this isn't a famous victory, but when you win a game, any game, in the last minute, you know, the atmosphere is going to be outstanding. So really, really good. Um, got a good atmosphere as the game went on. I mean, we really sort of turned the screw and had the, the better of the play and then went 1-0 down to a proper blow, wasn't it? A big, big gift from Botman. 1-0 uh, in Forest. Their stadium just comes alive at that point. They were very quiet, apart from singing that stupid song at the beginning. Um, <laughs> just, that winds me up. Beginning of the first I don't know why they sing. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Is it Mull of Kintyre, the sing? I don't know what. It's Mull of Kintyre, and I don't know what yeah. it has to do with. I'm sure there's a story behind it. Yeah. But anyway, they sing that really loud. Um, it's their you know version of You Never Walk Alone, I suppose. But then they were very quiet until they scored. They got a bit excited. Um, and then when we equalised late on first half, you thought, this is it, we'll we'll get these in the second half. It was that disallowed goal, which was fucking atrocious. <laughs> and again, that rejuvenated their crowd because suddenly they're right back in it. Um, and then thankfully, yeah, penalty at the end. Um, and Isaac steps up, literally sort of 20 yards from, from where all the Newcastle fans are. And the place just erupted, like just limbs everywhere. Players, fans falling over the hoardings onto the pitch, and it just—it was brilliant. I had my daughter there, um, and it was only her second away game. Uh, a bit of an eye opener. It was—it was—it's a Friday night game. Everyone's travelled down from Newcastle, full of beer, full of whatever, and and it was an aggressive crowd. Like it was, there was loads of swearing at the opposition fans and all of this, and, and it was a bit of an eye opener for Chloe as a twelve-year-old yeah. child. To be fair. Uh, but to be there at the end when we won that and and people nobody wanted to leave. Fifteen minutes after the game, the stand was still full of Newcastle fans just singing. Um and it was that was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Uh but I think we deserved the win. That offside, you'll never explain to me how that is offside. No. I've yet, I've yet to see anybody and I've seen a lot of ex refs and stuff on on Twitter and stuff who who all agree they got that wrong. They, they got it wrong. He, he's as soon as that defender makes a play for the ball that resets everything. Longstaff's back on side. And just, I just can't say it. I'm pleased we didn't lose out on the result as a result because that would have been sickening. Uh, I'm really disappointed for Elliot Anderson who scored his first you know, goal for us um, and really deserved it because his performance was outstanding in that second half. Yeah, the, yeah, um, I tipped the officials got away with that because had we not scored, like everyone's weekend would have been in turmoil. Um, about that, and, and they've kind of got away with it because we, we did get the win. Yeah, I was slightly torn between being absolutely delighted. Well, I was obviously absolutely delighted, but then also just jealous as hell because uh, you, you and Chloe were there. And you know, I've been to what 37 Newcastle away matches and never had that. And then Chloe in our second game gets the gets the last minute. Like I say, I took, I took my two kids to Sheffield Wednesday. You got nothing like the goal was at the other end. We got beat, we got squashed. It was just minging. Uh, and I've, I've come up with a little theory, Baz. The, the Friday night win is one of the great wins. You know when people talk about like the airport pint, that kind of thing. Yeah. People rank pints, like the, the airport pint, the, the when you finish work pint. I think the Friday night football win is one of the great wins. A bit like when we look, the Saturday lunchtime defeat is a killer because it knocks out your weekend really. You're then having to watch the rest of the games with a cloud over your head. But under, after the Friday night win, because you just said... It's a Friday night. Everyone's full of beer. You know, it's it's under the lights. It's uh, if, if you get a Wednesday night win, you've still got to go to work on the Thursday. If you get the Friday night win, you're straight into the Saturday games. And it's a free shot then. The rest of the weekend is a complete not a free shot. You can just want terrible things to happen to all your rivals, like with impunity. Sorry? 
I tell you what, though, it was a stressful one. Like, I got home, you know, an hour and a half after the game by the time I walked back the car, got past all the traffic and stuff. And I get home and I'm still fucking, like, I'm almost got palpitations. Like, I just couldn't calm down, couldn't get to sleep. And all night long, the match was on my head. Couldn't yeah. sleep properly at all. And would won, you know, there was nothing to be. Yeah. Like, just enjoy it. And even the next morning, like, I still, I said to Helen, I'm like, I'm still just fucking wired from that game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It just gets you, it, you just get dragged into it, like. Um, but I absolutely buzzing, loved it. And bet wise, it was the, bet, the highlight of the weekend, really, for me. I, but I took Newcastle to score two or more. Um, I also, first one of my poly was the corners, and I put in Discord that I was laddering the corners. Uh, corners was five and a half, and we got up to seven, so we got the five and a half and the six and a half. And I put Isaac up as me anytime scorer. Uh, at eight to five plus one sixty, uh, and he got on the score sheet twice. So again, you know, if you bigger prices, if you'd bother to take him on first score or anything, but uh, another good shout. So it was the highlight of the week for me, both from a personal point of view and also a betting betting point of view. Yeah, I was uh, I was working on Friday, so I was working in Backworth Miners Welfare. Uh, the salubrious surroundings thereof. So I was trying. I, I considered trying to avoid the score and watching it when I got in. But in, in Backworth Miners Welfare, I had no chance of uh, avoiding the score. And then some bloke put his phone up on the roulette wheel. Uh, so I was dealing roulette, watching the match at the same time. But yeah, I came and I watched the highlights like twice at sort of half 11 midnight. Then went to bed, wired, got up, watched the highlights again at half eight in the morning. There was no Saturday lunchtime game in the Prem. So I watched it again. Um, and then I've watched it like, on match of the day another three times since. Like, just, yeah totally and utterly uh, self-indulgent my bets went tits up on that when I took the under two and a half I think without a bottom mistake I might have been alright but ifs and buts and all that buzz uh, we'll get on to the rest of the Prem weekend in a moment once I've told you about WinBet the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states uh, be on the lookout for the WinBet win hour each Thursday from 5 till 6 Eastern time during WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. March Madness is here. Uh, many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DJs only, if you're at the biggest long shot parley of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. Those to choose from, head to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Season six at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through when that is available. If you want somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. SGP Final Four. Uh, the SGP gang are hosting a Final Four watch party at the historic Ice House in Pasadena, California. Saturday, April the 1st at 7.30. Megan Baz will be there. Uh, get all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Ice House and the SGP Masters Tournament. What a prize this is, Baz. What a competition. Um, you can hang out at the Stadium Swim. If you've never, um, anyone in this country, if you don't know what Stadium Swim is, uh, just Google it at the Circa Las Vegas. And you can watch the biggest golf tournament in the world with Sean and Ryan there. Um, Three-night stay at the Circa Las Vegas. Uh, the contest is completely free to enter. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using the promo code SGP15. Uh, that is an absolutely ridiculously good prize. Um, okay, so we've, self, we've, we've self-indulged on Newcastle. We'll move on to Saturday afternoon and the rest of the Prem. Started with that Villa 3, Bournemouth 0. Um, I took Villa to win and under four goals. Nice little cash, 11 to 8, plus 137. Really, this was one of the few games that went to form because it's been a bit of a mad weekend, Baz. There's been loads of stuff going on. Um, loads of goals, a few surprises, lots of late drama. The late goals stitched me up in quite a few of the games, uh, which we'll get to in a little while. But yeah, this was um, a pretty bloodless win for Villa and a real a real concerning defeat for Bournemouth because these are the sort of games you've got to be a little bit more competitive in than they just weren't. Yeah, I took the both teams to score in this one. As I say, Bournemouth had started showing a few, uh, few improvements, had scored in the last four or five games. Thought they'd get on the score sheet here and just never never laid a glove on them in the end, did it? No, absolutely useless. Um, after that, we went to Brentford 1, Leicester City 1. This is one of the games where there was three games here um, 
where the team are backed were in front and none of them could hang on for a win. Uh, Brentford got in front, uh, but were pegged back by Leicester, who actually played okay. Uh, Brentford had read in the second half, but yeah, a bit of a nothing game, really. Leicester will happily take their point. Um, over two and a half for you there. Um, we'll run through um, some of Jacob's picks uh, when we get to the end of the end of the section as well. So yeah, not really, but a bit of a nothing game. This bars point to piece, nothing to report. Yeah, I mean, I, I did say I had a little... I had a lean towards Brentford, but then didn't feel comfortable them just having played midweek and also Leicester having sort of been creating a lot of chances lately, not taking them. Um, went for the two and a half. I thought the two and a half goals was good um, and wasn't a B at the end. Um, yeah, as you say, a bit of a nothing came in the end. Uh, Southampton 3, Tottenham 3. Uh, this was I took Tottenham on the money line, yeah, uh, which did pay out on 365 because they were two in front oh, yes, uh, with the little offer that Jacob mentioned at the weekend and Johnny's mentioned before that. So, um, I've got a cross next to it, but I did get paid. Um, so I would, you know. Um, Spurs still on the shit list, though. They were 3-1 up, couldn't hold on. Um, don't quite know what they did. Disappeared into the into their own arseholes and conceded two late goals. So, yeah, they will absolutely stay on my shit list. But Charleston, I gave out as one of my two goal scorers. He lasted four minutes. Um, and <laughs> then, right. yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Because Simmons had backed them, you know. Um he backed. He put them all in a little round robin. So he had Isaac on the Friday night. Um, he then stuck Richarlison in and Saka. Um, so put Saka out. I thought, funnily enough, I thought we'd hit all of the scorers because you also put out Brereton Diaz, didn't you? In the yeah, game. that's right. But I'd forgot you'd you'd gone Richarlison as well there. Um, yeah, so four minutes and that was that. But yeah, Tottenham could see on the shit this week. Conte went nuts, which was quite funny. Um, I enjoyed what you were saying, but at the same time. He's kind of got to take a bit of responsibility himself as well because he's right what he was talking about, the owners um, and the chairman. But that doesn't mean you have to set up the way you have to set up. They're not making you set up like that. They're not making you be so passive in the first half of every game or completely um, just stopping attacking and inviting Southampton on when you go 3-1 on. So as much as Connie was right about that, he only spat his dummy out out of anger and frustration um, rather than like I say, take a bit of responsibility for himself. But I think yeah, the problem for me with, with, with what he said, as you say, he's he's probably a lot of what he's saying is right. I mean, they have had three of the yeah. best managers in world football at Tottenham in the last 10 years and, and not won anything. The problem is he's fucking threw the players under the bus and, and that's yeah, he has it. sort of turn to shit, don't they? Because how, how does he get them players behind him this week? Um, not this week because we're on an international break. Um, but that's that's the thing that would be a massive concern for me as a fan, is he's now calling out all them players as being heartless, spineless, no passion, not playing as a team, loads <laughs> of individuals. He just absolutely slated them, like. And slating Levy's one thing, but I think more of a concern for me if I was a fan would be the fact he's absolutely hammered the players there um, and, and how they react to that will be interesting. Um, I have... Got a little mention to the old the old sack race a bit later, so we'll talk Conte yeah, okay. on as well anyway. Uh, Wolves 2 leads 4. Uh, I took Wolves. This didn't... Um, I didn't expect this from Leeds at all. Um, they got 3-0 up. Wolves got back to 3-2. There was a sending off. Um, Wolves did appear to be unfortunate with a few uh, decisions here and there. Um, and they were still whinging heavily about the non-sending off of Nick Pope last week against Newcastle as well. Um, you took the under two and a half, Do Sorry? Do you know they got an, an apology from the, uh, the referees about that? So I think they accepted it was probably a red card. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, so we are both wildly off on this. But yeah, good win for Leeds. Um, and Wolves say... Uh, to be fair, the, the XG was way the other way around on here. I think it was something like 2.7 for Wolves, 1.3 for Leeds. So on another day, Wolves get the win. But um, yeah, it wasn't a B. Next up, Chelsea to Everton hold 2. On, hold on, hold oh, yeah, no, on. Rewind. What? What about... What are rewinding to? Wolves at home. Yeah, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Win, lose, win, lose. And the pattern continued with the Leeds win. That's now 11 games. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Well, why didn't you put up Leeds then? Well, I mentioned the pattern. I well, just went with a different bet. I told everybody Thank if the you. pattern continues, Leeds are going to win this weekend. So I mentioned Fair it. Enough. I didn't put it down as my pick. So I'm not taking credit for that. Uh, but Ch- it, it just seems to keep happening when, you know, when you don't expect it, it carries on. 
keep an eye out. I'll let you know next time they're at home. Okay, you do that, Buzz. Uh Chelsea 2, Everton 2. Uh, Chelsea in under four was my pick, which was uh, all fine and dandy until the last-minute goal from um, Ellis Sims. A terrible bit of defending from, I think it was Kula Bali, and then an awful bit of goalkeeping as well. Um, so, yeah, I thought Chelsea had just about done enough. Again, we're better team throughout. But Everton hung in there. Set piece goal, like they're going to score, and then, like you say, a bit of a minging one at the end. So I was robbed uh, late on by that one. But as you kind of faded, you were happy to fade Chelsea, yeah, weren't you? Everton double chance. Yeah, I, I just said I wasn't convinced that I know they'd had a couple of wins in the league. Um, I didn't think they'd look great in either of them. The Champions League, I'm happy to keep that separate because we know they just play a different. The, the, the turn up for that and I, yeah I just didn't fancy him and, I, and my other lean was because I just think Everton will get some surprising results along the way Dyche will get results against some of these sort of games um, so yeah I took him at 13 to 8 so around one plus 170 um, nice decent, decent price um, Chelsea uh, Everton double chance so yeah nice nice late goal for me that one uh, it was the only good thing that happened other than Friday night for me. So I can't take too much credit. But yeah, I got that one right. Uh, one game today, Arsenal for Palace 1. Um, happy with this. I took Arsenal minus 2. Uh, the price of 23 to 17 plus 135. So yeah, this was a good call. Arsenal are in good form. Palace aren't. Um, there was no new manager. So there's no new manager bounce. But then there was no reaction to get rid of the old manager either. Um, Palace scored, which they haven't done in forever. Um, but apart from that, Arsenal absolutely humped them. Um, you thought Palace might be able to keep this tight, Baz. And yeah, I just thought Arsenal were, were a huge gulf in class at the moment. Sorry? I made, I made my pick whilst they had Patrick Vieira in place, who had gone 11 games without losing by more than a single goal. Um, yeah. that, that was my reason. You know, they played Man U twice, hadn't lost by more than a goal. Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, good teams where they'd managed to keep it tight. Um, and yeah, they didn't get a new manager bounce today, did they? I, I'm not sure getting rid of Vieira was was the answer, but um, I'll come to that again in a bit because obviously that was that was another highlight of the the last few days for me, the Vieira sacking. Yeah. Uh, um, FA Cup was a fun weekend of FA Cup action. Um, I cast one tonight. I'd given out Manchester United, Fulham, both teams to score um, again. For kind of, I was correct in. What I said that Manchester United are vulnerable at the back. They always look like they're going to concede. Um, actually, it didn't look like it was going to cast because Manu didn't look like scoring until, of course, there's a handball, a penalty, and three red cards in the space of 30 seconds. And Manchester United, who'd be done absolutely nothing, is suddenly 2 1 up uh, and sailing into the next round against nine men. Um, but yeah, both teams to score was a play there. And then the other one we gave out, Baz, we were absolutely chinned. I think we mushed it by, we had a little. We, Talk to each other with about 25 minutes left. Uh, we gave out Blackburn at 5-1 to one to win at Sheffield United. Uh, Blackburn led, pegged back. Blackburn led again. And at 2-1 up, the kid hits the inside of the beans and the ball rolls all the way along the line and doesn't go in to put them 3-1 up and win the game. Next thing you know, Sheffield equalised. Sheffield score worldy at the death. Um, so, yeah, absolutely chained out of a 5-1 to one winner. Yeah, I mean, Did give out there. Ben... Brera and Diaz um, is 11 to 4. Um, anytime goal scorer, he's sort of a penalty plus 275. So that was a nice pick. That got me out of uh, G a little bit this weekend. But yeah, we were nearly Baz Blackburn for the yeah, second time this season. Sitting there 80 minutes in, aren't we? A 2 1 up, and you think we'll, we might get this. And as you say, they're so close a few times to getting the third. Um, in the Discord channel, I'd also mentioned Blackburn team goals. I got 3 to 1 for uh, Blackburn oh, yeah. 2 or more. Um, so there was. There was Ways of playing it and still coming away with something, as you say, Diaz hit, the team goals hit, and Blackburn weren't far off. I mean, that would have been a real highlight and really, really turned the weekend around if we'd hit that that five to one. But uh, yeah, it wasn't the beat. Goes down as a loser. But I think the theory behind it was... was it was the right pick, yeah. Five to one. In a game, it was just... Five to one's a massive underdog price, and these are two teams that are two spaces apart in the league, um, where they've been closely matched all season in, in their other games. And just five to one was a stupid price, and we got a good run for it. It didn't didn't win, but I, I have no regrets with uh, with picking it. Same game was played tomorrow. I'd go exactly the same way. Yeah, it was one hundred percent the right pick. Uh, just have a little look down Jacob's picks. He did all right in places. Villa and under three and a half cashed. Both teams to score. Brentford Spurs team total was a cash. 
Um, what a sucker anytime goal scorer he put up at plus 160 as well as both teams to score. Um, his little lower league Acker went a little bit wrong early on. Walking got beat over to Chesterfield, uh, which buggered that up. Um, so yeah, that was round about that. But yeah, Jacob uh, did okay. So, Baz, we've got a few different uh, markets to look at tonight because there's no Prem. It's International Week. Um, any of our American listeners don't know. They have the odd break where they will go and play international fixtures. And this time round, it's the commencement of the qualifying for Euro 2024. So there's no um, Premier League games, which means we've um, got a chance to look at some at a few different markets, which we're going to do. Once I've told you about Underdog Fantasy, um, Underdog Fantasy is... Heating up for March Madness, College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favourite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, so I'll lead us off here, Baz. I looked at the two markets, uh, firstly to win the league and secondly, relegation. Obviously, to win the league now, it's a match between Arsenal and Manchester City. Arsenal are 11 to 18, minus 163. In Man City, are 11 to 8, plus 137. Uh, the gap is eight points. Uh, Manchester City do have one game in hand. But I had a little run through all the fixtures. I did this for most teams today and added all the points up. And really, Arsenal have done brilliantly well. After that game, they lost at Man City when everyone expected them to fall in a little hole. It just hasn't happened. They've come back and won five on the spin. Um, I have them finishing here on 94 points and Man City back on 87. Uh, so the gap's at eight now. I see the gap finishing at seven. Um, so if you're a rich how man, Baz, the, and you uh, want to take... Sorry? How have you got the head-to-head game? Man City v Arsenal, how have you got that one? Um, I gave it to Manchester City. And they still lose by seven points? And they still lose by seven points, yeah. Mad, isn't it? You must have Arsenal winning everything, have you? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I didn't write it down. I just went through it in my head. I told you I was hungover. Um, but anyway, my point is, if you're a if you're a rich man, the eleven to eighteen minus one sixty three. I think that's. Not, I think it's a good price um, for a team who were eight clear who were going to stay and win by seven. So yeah, uh, that was my pick on there. Well, I was just looking in case Manchester City, I could give out in value, and I can't. Um, I think Arsenal are home and hose now. Um, the other end of the table is a lot more. Uh, competitive. I looked at this in it's kind of January time, Baz, and I worked out all the points again. And the three I had going down were Bournemouth, Southampton, and Nottingham Forest. Now, Bournemouth and Southampton both look gone. Um, Bournemouth are um, sort of, they're actually Southampton are the, are the favourites. Let me just drag this market up again. Um, yes, Southampton are um, minus. 2.22 and Bournemouth a minus 173 to go down uh, and I've got them both going down I can't see any of them getting getting out of it my threshold now is around about 32 or 33 points uh, Southampton have 23 Bournemouth have 24 I can't see either of them picking up double figure points Southampton they both have to win three games and get another draw and I just can't see it so they're gone so it's a third place that's up for grabs. Um, Crystal Palace are the team in the worst form by an absolute mile. However, um, they do have a little cushion already. Somehow, uh, they've, they've already accumulated 27 points. So even though they're only three points off the relegation zone, they are in 12th place. But in their next six games are against six of the bottom eight teams. But they play Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves and West Ham in the last six. So there's got to be some points in there by hook or by crook. They'll win one. Give an average look, they'll win one. Couple of couple of draws and they've got to that 32 points. It's kind of my threshold. Um, so Leicester, I think, are fine. Leeds are fine. West Ham are fine. So it's a fight out between Nottingham Forest and Everton for me, uh, where Everton are plus 150 and Nottingham Forest are plus 100. So even money for Forest, six to four for Everton. It's going to be tight. A key factor is that Everton's goal difference is nine better than Nottingham Forest. So that could be worth a point here. Um, I've got Forest going down um, on 32 points. 
and I've got Everton getting to 33 points. Uh, so it's going to be close, but even money at Nottingham Forest uh, would be my pick. Just, just, I didn't, I was disappointed with them on Friday. Um, I didn't think they were particularly good again. The start of the, the injuries aren't helping. And even little things, Bass, like the, the, the rolling out John Joe Shelby in the middle of the park. Now, John Joe's, I've enjoyed John Joe for a lot of years. He seems like a very nice man. He's tried his heart out for Newcastle. He's not going to play. He's not going to start and stop you getting relegated. Unfortunately, now his legs have gone and that's just not a way for them to stay up. Uh, and the, there's other players in the team, very, very similar. So we know they've been good at home, but I just I just can't see them uh, getting the right amount of points. So yeah, it's, uh, it's Forest for me. They are the the third favourite. So it's not an exciting pick, but at even money, um, they're just going to, just going to fail to, uh, to overhaul Everton who finished second bottom. Everyone else is fine, Baz. What do you think? Yeah, so you looked at that uh, a few weeks ago, didn't you? Probably yes. you know, five, six weeks ago. Sitting at the same conclusion, I had the bottom three the same. Bournemouth, Southampton. Can you remember what price Forest were then when you put them out? Um, I've got it written down here somewhere. Have you? Do you know? No, no. I'm just, I'm assuming they were bigger than that. Um, you know, so it's eleven to four. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I had a feeling it was a, a decent price then. So, you know, it shows if if anyone took any notice back then, you've got a bit of value for your money because because they look. I mean, I said in the preview for the Friday night game, I thought Forest season was showing signs of unraveling a little bit. They've, they've sort of survived on their home form. Um. They'd drawn the last couple at home, although one of them was Man City, so you'd take that, but drew with Everton as well. And now they've lost to Newcastle. So their unbeaten home record's gone. Un- without a win in six, uh, lost four of those six. And it just does feel like like it's unravelling a little bit. And I did speak to a few Forest fans on the walk back to the car on Friday and said, do, do you think you've got enough? And, and the unanimous decision was, no, nah, I think we're fucked. Um, so they're they're not confident. I think the attitudes turning a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't mind the pick. It's as you say, it's not a fancy price or anything, but uh, I think Forest are, are going to struggle here. I mean, moving. But yeah, you're right. If we taken if you're taking that eleven to four a little while ago, Everton were five to four. Um, now, so they're not a, a vast departure there, six to four now. But yeah, eleven to four into even money, you'd be in a strong position. On a related note, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to talk sack race a little bit. Hit me. Because um, this was a, a, a real success for me last week, and I meant to put it out on last Sunday's podcast, and I didn't. I remembered on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I went and tweeted it out. So I put it on our Twitter, and I put it in the Discord, and I said, I forgot to mention this on Sunday, but Patrick Vieira, to be the next manager sacked at 4-1, to one, is a good price. I said, they've got Brighton coming up. If they lose that, they've got Arsenal next. And he's in big trouble. I thought he might have got the Arsenal game um, and then be gone. Um, two days later, bang, he's gone. Four to one. So really, really pleased with that. Um, I just thought, I didn't fancy him against Brighton at all. Uh, and I thought that was going to be something that would would possibly push the board to make a decision. I didn't expect it to be quite as quick. I thought they'd turn up at Arsenal, get beat there, and then then the move would be made. But uh, really happy with that at four to one. Um so, yeah, if you're on Twitter or Discord, I put it there. I'm sorry I didn't get on the podcast. But anyway, um, the good thing with the sack race is it's always live. So one manager... It's always goes, live, Baz. We start again. So I had a look at it tonight. Who's, who's your favourite? Who's the favourite? Um, one man, it's got to be. David Moyes? No, it's Conte. He's one to five. Oh, OK. Um, after yesterday, he's, he's not expected to last. So... Really? I, mean, I just don't see what the benefit of them sacking him. They know he's going to leave at the end of the season. Well, well, they might as well just crack on, try and win four or five games, get wherever they're going to finish, fourth or fifth, then get rid of him. And I don't know what there is to the benefit of getting rid now. This is exactly where I'm going with uh, with this. Um, so basically, he's one to five. He's 13 to two. Uh, what we got next? Rogers ten to one, Potter fourteens, Cooper sixteens, O'Neill twenties. I just think we know Conte is not going to be there next year. I think everyone accepts there's no way he's going to stay around next year. Um, but his contract runs out at the end of this season, I think. And I just I feel like he's just going to sit there uh, and and ride it out. And it's whether the club. Are bothered enough to, to make the change? I don't know. They might do, but 
I think if you if you think he's sticking out till the end of the season, as you do, then there's value to be found in the rest of this market. There's not going to be the manager that they want kicking around either in April. Pochettino's available, isn't he? So again, they'll do it in the, they'll do it over the summer. Yeah. So so anyway, you've got Moyes at thirteen to two, Rogers tens. Um, there's there's value. In there, if you fancy Moyes, a couple of bad results. Moyes is only a couple of defeats away from getting yeah. at West Ham. So they could survive. They could survive on the last day, and they, they could sack him at tea time that night. Just yeah. say thanks, but no thanks. We can't. We can't My go thinking, through that again. We thinking with it is is if you don't if you don't think Conte gets sacked and you'll see the season out and then or walk off into the horizon, then this value elsewhere. Moyes stands out at thirteen two, but the other one, and it might be a little bit rogue because Cooper. He got. He was under pressure early in the season, and everyone's thinking yeah. he's going to get sacked. He's going to get sacked. And what did they do? They give him a three-year contract or something, didn't they? And everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, that's a that's a bit of a sort of, you know, show of faith in him." But if they, as you expect, getting dragged further and further into it, and they get into that bottom three, and they look like they're going to struggle with five or six games to go. They'll make a decision and, and get rid if they have to. If they think they can bring someone in that will turn them around and keep them up, they will do it. There's, there's no loyalty there in football, regardless of who you are, what you've done. If they think they can get another man in to keep them up, they'll do it. 16 to 1 Cooper, I think, is worth a little bit of a punt on the next manager to go. Because I think the season is unravelling. If they lose two or three more, they might think, right, can we get fucking hell, God forbid, someone like Allardyce in or something stupid like that. Um, but you can see it. And I, th- I just think there's a little bit of value there. Um, so yeah, sack race, is, there's, there's value. If you think Conte won't go, there's value around uh, in the next manager to be somebody else. Uh, and, and Moyes, the two that stand out for me. 7-1 Moyes, roughly, and 16-1 Cuba. Okay, yeah, I like the Moyes one. Uh, that He would be my choice, like great price. Um, so no Premier League and no... Championship this weekend because a lot of the championship players will be around playing internationally somewhere. Uh, Baz, you dipped into League One, picked us a couple of uh, League One games here. So, what have you got? Yeah, I've got League One, or I've also got a bit of Champions League chat as well. Should we go with the Champions oh, League? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll throw some picks out from there because you've got some internationals. I've got. So, before we get into picks, so yeah, it's a very much a different show today, isn't it? And, and if you've turned up for the picks, there's not many of them because there isn't much football. Uh, so, you've got a lot more of the. Uh, the general chat, the social chat, but uh, to be fair, we've been a bit short on that the last few weeks, haven't we, with uh, guests and what have you. Yep. So, um, yeah, we looked at the, we had the Champions League draw this week. Um, I'm just trying to scroll down and find where I've put it now. I've got, I've got all my notes here um, somewhere. Right, here we go. Uh, Champions League draw then. So we're into the quarterfinals, finally eight teams. Madrid v Chelsea, City v Bayern Munich. Uh, Benfica versus Inter Milan and Milan versus Napoli. And they've also drawn now the semi-finals. So the Madrid v Chelsea winner will play the winner of City versus Bayern. Benfica versus Inter will play the winners of Milan v Napoli. Uh, odds to win it outright at the moment are Man City at 9-4. to Bayern Munich 4-1. to Napoli 4-1. to Madrid 7s. Benfica 16, uh, Inter 14, sorry, first. Benfica 16, Chelsea 16, and AC Milan, the outsiders, at 25 to 1. Um, I mean, the first thing that stands out is the top end of that draw is heavy, isn't it? Madrid v Chelsea, City v Bayern. Only one of them can yeah. get through now. So, so you've got what would probably be your three favourites for the tournament. Obviously, Madrid are a bit bigger now because of the fact they've got to get past Chelsea and then City or Bayern. Um, the other thing I said for me is Bayern have had a bit of a rough run this year. They, I mean, they went into a group Bayern with Inter Milan and Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. They get through that, they get PSG. Uh, then they get rewarded with Man City in the quarterfinals and then potentially Real Madrid in the semifinals. Um, and then whoever gets through. So if, if man, if Bayern are going to win it and they are second favourites to win it, they've, they've gone the hard way around it. That's not to say they can't do it. Um, but yeah, it stands out as a very, very tricky run. And Bayern are showing signs of wobbling a little in the league. They've had two defeats in the last five games. They've dropped out of first place for the first time in a while this weekend. Uh, I just think in the outright market, at 94 City, 4-1 to Bayern, I couldn't get involved in either of those at that price. Um, no. I just think 
because that this, the, the tie is so wide open, and then potentially you've then got to get past Real Madrid. You, you can't take City at, at just a smidgen over two to one and buy in four to one. Just just too short for me. So I looked a little bit elsewhere and see see what else I could find. I think in the top side of the draw, the value is is on Real Madrid or Chelsea. You can't rule Chelsea out as we've seen in this competition. They've done it before in seasons where they're not particularly playing great. They just perform better in Europe. I'm not saying they'll get through, but it wouldn't massively surprise me if they got a result against Real. Whether they'd get past City or Bayern, I don't know. Um, and the same goes for Real Madrid in that game. I think they did it the hard way last year, didn't they? They beat PSG, they beat Chelsea, they beat Man City and they beat Liverpool in the final. They had the absolute hardest run all the way through. Um I think on paper, Real Madrid will rightfully be favourite against Chelsea. I think the three to four to qualify, and then it would be a huge semi-final against City or Bayern. But if they had to get through those two games, I, f- I would fancy them to beat anyone on the other side of the draw. Um, I know Napoli are playing well, but they've, they haven't really been tested in this competition yet. The, the only time they did was Liverpool. They did beat Liverpool at home, uh, but got beat two two nil at Anfield. And then you look at the other side of the draw, and, and we'll call it the Italian side of the draw because there's three Italian teams down there uh, with Benfica. And I think Benfica stand out for me. It's 16 to 1. Yeah. I would take Benfica to beat Inter Milan. Porto pushed Inter Milan to the wire, and Benfica are a better side this season. They're 10 points clear of Porto in the league. And then it's Milan or Napoli. And as I said, Napoli would be a tough game, but over two legs, Benfica are capable of getting a result there. Um, 16 to 1. And I think they've got a real live choice, chance of getting to the final. It's then a big game, whoever they get out of, out of those other four. Uh, but you can also get four to one for them to make the final. Um, Napoli are actually the shortest price at six to five to make the final. And that's due to the fact they're in the easy side of the draw with Benfica, Milan and Inter Milan. So uh, again, a little bit short for me that um, for Napoli to get through two games Um Two legs each time, six to five, seems very, very short for Napoli to make the final. Uh, so I think Benfica to make the final at fours, I quite like. I'd also take them as a long shot outright at 16s. Uh, and Real Madrid, sevens. Um, they they are four to one to make the final, Real Madrid. But to be honest, if I fancied Madrid to get to the final, I would fancy them to beat whoever they got to the final. If they get past Chelsea and then Real Madrid or City, I'd rather take the seven to one for them to win it all than the 4-1 to one for them to make the final. Um, so, yeah, just a few ideas. I mean, there's a long way to go. There's some exciting ties. I'm really, really looking forward to these quarter-final games. I couldn't take Man City or Bayern, despite the fact, uh, you know, one of them may very well go on and win it. They're a bit short at this stage, so that I think the value's elsewhere. Benfica and Real Madrid. Benfica to make the final at four is one I really like. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah just throwing a cursory glance over it now, and the... Benfica jumped off the page as value. I would take Napoli and Benfica both each way. Um, so half your stake on the win and half your stake on them to make the final because I think they, then you, you're getting the finalist out with that half of the draw. Napoli are by far the be- best of those three Italian teams in there. And like yeah. I said, we watched Benfica last week because we backed them against um, Porto. And I thought, oh, sorry, who did Benfica beat? I can't remember. It was anyway, the wasn't it? It was a club bruise. Yeah, we watched it and they were uh, and they were good. And um yeah, I think they're very, very live to get past Inter Milan. And you can try and get yourself a finalist. Like you say, Napoli get four to one, six to five for the final, or Benfica at sixteens and four. So yeah, to, trying to get a finalist out of that half of the draw would I think be the prudent way to attack it uh, for a bed pass. So yeah, um nice analysis, well done. Um dive into League One for us now. Yeah, so League One on Tuesday night, as you see, we're scraping the barrel a little here. Uh, but actually, there's a couple of really intriguing uh, games at the top of uh, League One on Tuesday night. So I've actually quite enjoyed looking at these and, and got a couple of picks I really fancy. Um, it's a really intriguing battle at the top of the league. Um, and both of these games have got implications here. So at the moment, League One looks a little like this. Chef um, Wedock currently top of the league on... Give me one second. I'm just catching up. Uh, where's my standards? My fridge sounds like it's about to take off, Baz. 
You want to sort that out, mate. Just another news. I don't know why. It's just making the loudest <laughs> well, noise. I've got like... a little time for that whilst I found the League One table. So what, we're talking about the fridge. I've been trying to put myself on mute while I eat these massive Skittles because they're very, very chewy. And uh, I, I can't imagine that would be a pleasant listen. Like, But yeah, the fridge yeah, is getting louder by the second. So if I go up in a, in a blaze of um, flames and smoke, Baz, it's the fridge. Yeah, now I've got the egg in the cup out of the way. I'm onto the uh, glass of Shiraz now. Glass of Shiraz, nice. Still celebrating the 50th. I'm giving the squirty cream a wide berth after I just gobbed it all over the place before. <laughs> anyway, top of League One, Chef Wed, 78 points. Plymouth, 77 points. Ipswich, 75. Bondley, 69. So Ipswich, Plymouth, Chef Wed are all fighting out. Three points covering them for the top two spots. Top two go up automatically. The next four go into the playoffs. Um, we've got Akron and Stanley versus playoff, uh, versus. Plymouth is the first game on Tuesday night. Akron and Stanley are 14 to 5 plus 280. The draw is 5 to 2 plus 250. And Plymouth at evens plus 100. Uh, Akron and Stanley currently sit fourth bottom and in the relegation fight. Plymouth, as I said, currently second in, in the automatic promotion spots. Uh, but they are just two points ahead of Ipswich, so there's everything to play for. And they're only one point off top. Uh, although Sheffield do have a couple of games in hand and are bang in form. Uh, Plymouth locked into the top two for a while this season, but did have a bit of a wobble recently. They've lost two of the last five, uh, but they were to Barnsley and Peterborough, two sides who are in the playoff frame at the top end of the table. And Accrington on anywhere near that level um, and offer a good opportunity here for Plymouth to try and boost their promotion hopes. Accrington are on in good form. They've lost three of the last four. Uh, and I think Plymouth look great value and even money. Uh, they're also really good value to score two or more in the game, which they've done in four of the last five games. Even in defeats, they've been scoring a couple of goals. Um, so over 1.5 Plymouth team total at 10 to 11 looks good to me. So Plymouth on the money line and Plymouth over 1.5 or two picks I would put out for that game. Um, next up, we've got Barnsley v Chef Wed. Um, this is... A game with two teams absolutely banging form. Barnsley are currently sitting fourth, looking locked into a playoff spot. They're a bit far off the automatic places. They're eight points behind the second place team, Ipswich. But they do have two games in hand, so won't be giving up on it. If you win them games in hand, they're only looking at a couple of points. So they won't be giving up on making a late charge to try and nick that second spot. They're one of the form teams in the division, Barnsley. They're unbeaten in 11 games. They've won nine and drawn two in the last 11 absolutely cracking form uh, but then they come up against the form side of the t the league um, so it's 11 games unbeaten for Barnsley double it for Chef Wed they're now 23 games without defeat in the league they've won five of the last six they drew at the weekend so there were five game winning streak before they drew with Bolton um, they've become a little bit short on goals lately, though. They've only scored one in each of the last four games. They had three 1-0 wins and then a 1-1 draw. Um, Bonsley, on the other hand, are scoring for fun. In the last eight games, they scored 20 goals, including three against um, Plymouth, who are currently sitting in second place. They've scored four against Derby, who are another form side at the top end of that table. Um, so they're full of goals at the moment, Bonsley. So it's a hard game to pick a winner. Two teams that aren't losing at the moment. If I had to have a lean, I would go towards Barnsley. Just for, I mean, that seems a bit mad. Sheffield not lost in 23. But Barnsley are just a little bit better in front of goal at the moment. Uh, they won the reverse fixture 2-0. And if I had to have a lean, it would be towards them. But the pick for me is going for goals. And it's a lean towards Barnsley again, who just seem to be clicking in front of goal at the moment. They are 13-8. to eight. So around plus 170 to score two or more goals in the game. And they're 11 to 2, plus 550 to score three or more. I think this could be end-to-end -end the game. Um, and in this 11-game unbeaten run for Barnsley, they've hit over 1.5 goals eight times out of 11. And the over 2.5, six times out of 11. So the last 11 games, they've hit three goals or more, more than half of them. And you're getting over five to one for that. I mean, a caveat, the chef... Wed or good defensively, so it is a more of a lean based on the Barnsley attacking form. I'm not completely overlooking the fact that Chef Wed have kept three clean sheets in the last five games. I think it is, um, but I've just got a feeling the big goals in this. It's it's a local derby, big game for both teams with with huge implications on it. Open game, take Barnsley to score two or more and three or more in this one. 
And that's that's me done with League One. Two good games. Nice, Baz. Love but, it. Uh, don't write off this midweek. There's some good stuff there to watch. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll cover it all in the Discord channel as well. Um, I was trying to look for the cards market in that Barnsley-Sheffield Wednesday game, but you just pointed out it is a local derby. Um, South York, so they do absolutely hate each other, those two teams, you know, um, and a lot to play for. So, yeah, they could um, absolutely, you could see them smashing into each other and picking up. Uh, we could get up the lads on the yellow cards when that line comes out. So uh, we'll maybe have a look for that in the Discord channel. Um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Get in there with all the shooties. Um, so, yeah, International Week. And I've had a look at one game and then a few outrights for the groups because it's the qualifying for Euro 2024. And the big game on Thursday night is a rematch of the final. Last time out, um, Italy play England um, on... So, yeah, Thursday, 7.45 kickoff here, uh, 2.45 Eastern time. Italy 13-8, plus 162. The draw 11-5, plus 220. And England 17-10, plus 170. So, Italy, no recent form, really, because they weren't in the World Cup. They didn't qualify for the World Cup. Um, so, you've got to go back to the Nations League last summer, and they went okay. Um, they won the group which had England in it, Germany, and a resurgent Hungarian team as well. Um, they played a couple of friendlies recently, beat Albania at home, lost away to Austria. England lost 1-0 in Italy in that uh, Nations League campaign last year, and the game at Wembley finished 0-0. Then obviously there was a 1-1 draw in the Euros when Italy won on penalties. England did okay in the World Cup. I thought they were unlucky losers to France in that game. There's a couple of picks here. Firstly, it just looks like an under. So those last games, 1-1 in the final, 1-0 in Italy, and 0-0 at Wembley. Um, so the under two and a half is at 7-10, minus 142. So it's not very fancy. But I think Italy are worth a bet here. Um, they've got really good home form, and that'll just tip the balance. 13-8, um, to eight, plus 162 for Italy to get over there. I can see this being a 1-0. England squad didn't really fill me with confidence when I saw it. Um, Ivan Tony's in there, fair enough. Good luck to him. But then he picked Calvin Phillips again, who's played like 62 well, minutes. It infuriates me, Malcolm. And this is part of my disdain for the England team at times. I'll get behind him in the World Cups and the Euros and stuff. But it's just the same shit trotted out over and over again. <laughs> why I shouldn't be in the squad. I don't care how fucking loyal he's been and how reliable he's been he's not playing football regular enough to be an England starter and he it's not like he's just getting in the squad he'll start for England yeah. um, he looks like an accident waiting to happen today against Fulham yeah. like the, he yeah, was absolutely all over the place it just doesn't uh, he shouldn't be in the squad he shouldn't be in the start I, mean, I think Dyer's had a shit season Calvin Phillips shouldn't be anywhere near it for obvious reasons and I'm not even bothered who replaces him but the there must be fucking players around. I'm, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, "Oh, Newcastle have got such and such could have got in or whatever." I don't care who it is that replaces them. Just someone who's playing football and and justifies the position. What has Calvin Phillips done in the last yeah. eighteen months? There's nothing. It, it drives me mad. Like you see the squad come out, and you think, "Oh, you could have called it. You could have called the whole of that squad." There's no surprises in there, and it just, aye. Jade. Okay. Um, next, so after that, I've, I've had a look at the groups. Um, so there's quite a few groups with short price favours, as you'd expect. So Spain are in there in Group A, minus 800 kind of thing. Uh, but I picked four here um, who I really like the value on. And the first one is going to be Italy again um, in Group C. Um, if I'm giving them this win against England on Thursday, I think that puts them in a great position. Um, just to win the group. The rest of the group, there's nothing to write home about. Um, most of these groups are matches. Um, so you've got England, Italy, then it drops off to Ukraine, North Macedonia and Malta. And for this one, I just saw the teams were the wrong way around in terms of favouritism. England are odds on favourites. In Italy, are odds against second favourites. Um, Italy are 5-4, to four, plus 125 where England are nine to ten. So of the two, I would I think Italy are a better are a better bet to to win that group over England. Second up um is Croatia in group D, who are five to six 
again, it's just a total lack of alternatives. Um, their main rivals here are Turkey, who are plus 187, um, 30 to 8. And Croatia, we saw how good they were in the World Cup still, even though they're reagent, but players like Gordy all coming through. Um, and like I say, it's it's the, the main rivals of Turkey who are a step down. The, the, just that their level is a step down from Croatia's. Next in in that group is Wales, who we established a rubbish in the World Cup. Um, so Croatia are a good price at five to six. Uh, Hungary, who I mentioned before, who were really resurgent and surprised quite a lot of people in that Nations League campaign last time. Um, they finished ahead of England and Germany in that group. They won 4-0 in England. They won 1-0 in Germany. Um, and they are second favourites behind Serbia um, in Group G here. Serbia are 5-6 to six, uh, and Hungary are plus 187, 13-8. So I think of the two, um, Serbia didn't really blow Mascot up in the in the World Cup at all. And just Hungary was just so impressive last time around in that Nations League. That I think they're live. And then I've got a bit, bit of a fancier price here in Group J. Um, and I feel like the uh, the early days of the World Cup gambling podcast all over again, because um, this is a big fade of my mates, Portugal. Uh, so I've, uh, I'm trotting out the old classics for our 50th episode. This is our greatest hits. Portugal are minus 500. Um Five to one on, and I'm just not having them. But I can't even remember what my reasons are. But they got me tits. Um, I think it's Bruno Fernandes' face in it mainly. That's my entire handicap. But second in are Bosnia Herzegovina at eight to one. Uh, Slovakia, Iceland are in this group as well. So this is there's four teams in here that can take points off each other. Uh, but Bosnia Herzegovina's form is really good at home. Uh, they won all three games in the Nations League last time, and then I think Iceland and Slovakia in there. I mean, everyone's going to take points off each other because they're no pushovers. It's not like you've got Luxembourg and Liechtenstein, but a lot of these groups are two-horse races. This is not This is a genuine kind of four-horse race. And I think this could play into the hands of a team with good home form uh, like Bosnia. So I'm happy to fade Portugal at minus 500 and give Bosnia a squeak at 8-1, to one, Baz. Yeah, not bad. I haven't looked at any international. I've got nothing to contribute because I uh, quite like switching off from international football for the two years between the tournaments. Uh, I don't really enjoy it. Um, no, it's shite. I just, you know what I mean? If that England-Italy game is on and I've got anything slightly better to do that night, I probably won't even bother watching it. It just, I can't get, get that excited for for the internationals these days until the tournaments come along because there's loads of opportunities, you know, from a betting point of view. And, and obviously during the World Cup, we're doing the show and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I haven't looked at anything, but, uh, yeah, we'll certainly follow... Uh, Follow and see. How yeah, I, comp- I completely agree with you, Baz. And the weekends are the worst. They're painful when you, you your body yeah. and your mind is just it's ready it's... for Premier League football. It's just exactly. how you live your life. And you get up on Saturday and then you remember there's that 30 seconds, you wake up, rub your eyes, and then what you think, got? oh, shit, it's International Week. Like, yeah. this, it's, one, it's one of the worst feelings. Yeah, like... I mean, you come away from the weekend, for example, come out the Forest game, and the first thing I think is, oh, fuck, we've got to wait two more weeks before we fucking... Yeah, get who's next? It, you know what I mean? Like, just lose your momentum and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to an international break. Bring the Premier League back. Let's get this season done and see where Newcastle finish. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the end of that. We've picked loads of stuff there. European stuff. Uh, Premier right. League relegation, League One. No. We've done all right to get through an hour concerned there's barely any football worth looking at this week. But... Um, yeah, different kind of show. See what comes Yeah, we've covered some ground. Yeah, really like those those League One stuff, so definitely have a look at that on Tuesday. Um, cheers to Ad for jumping in in the comments on the YouTube. New, uh, a yeah. new comment there tonight. Um, any idea? Sounds like he's a Newcastle fan, fan as well, so yeah. happy with that. Welcome. Yeah, good. Always good. Anyone's welcome. If you are listening on the podcast over the next few days which the majority will do just remember we do stream it out live now on youtube so sunday night 10 o'clock thursday night 8 30 we're live on youtube and you can get involved in the comments let us know your picks know your thoughts if you are listening on the podcast don't forget if you're on spotify just tick the five star review when you're done it takes 10 seconds and if you're on apple or whatever else give us a review write a few words it'll take you 30 seconds and it'll be greatly appreciated by all of us um and yeah like why haven't you you spotify apple youtube follow us on twitter because we sometimes put some 
stuff out there. I put, even put we put horse racing tips out last week, Malgan. <laughs> you did all right on Friday, got, didn't you? We got one winner in three days. We were absolutely stinking. And then Friday come round, I put four winners out. I had two placed um, out of seven. So uh, six six placed out of seven, four of them winners. Had a really, really strong finish to the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, so, yeah, I was pleased that it rescued uh, some absolutely shocking picks the other days, but I did enjoy uh, watching some of the races. <laughs> um, how come in an hour and five minutes, Baz, you haven't mentioned my dressing gown? Oh, I'm fucking used to it by now, mate. It's normally <laughs> it's normally the Americans that comment on your dressing gown. I'm used to it. What do they call it? Smoke robe. Robe. Your yeah, robe. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd roll it out because I've had it on since the World Cup with it being the 50th show. Squirt and squirt your cream directly into your mouth in a dressing gown. I mean, I'm like a young Hugh Hefner, Baz. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, um, um, if you get yourself away now um, and you've got a bit of time and you're a little bit peckish, Mark, then give, give egg, egg and a cup. I'll give Egg and a cup a try. I need to um, yeah, get a cloth right. out and I'm clean the squirty cream off up the walls and everywhere from where I spat it an hour ago. Um, yeah, well done, Baz. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back on what we're going to talk about on Thursday. <laughs> the weekend's internationals. Loads of internationals. We'll pretend to be interested in them, Baz. That's what we'll do. We'll Listen, take a great and vast still. interest. We could do about this M. There's like African qualifying and stuff. I'll head off to Togo or somewhere. That's what we, we do. Can, we can come up with some really, really random stuff for this week. Make it a bit Cent- Central African Republic. And, and we'll have some draw no bet. more lifestyle chat. More lifestyle, a lot of lifestyle chat. I might get uh, egg and a cup on the go. Right. Thanks, Baz. Thanks, everyone. Good luck with your bets. Um, Baz has just explained where you can find us. And until then, until Thursday, I will see you down the road. Cheers.